be talking about the Bethlehem candle, and the word associated with that is love, how, how love came down and was born on Christmas night in the town of Bethlehem. But I want to I open this up um, with a word of scripture that's in the Gospel of John, just John chapter 1, and uh, we'll have the reference up here, but I won't have the verses, you know, displayed because um, it'll be kind of a little bit of a chunk. Uh, it'll be 18 verses. So John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And John says this, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus right here. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Verse 15. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we again come before you in humility. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, speak truth out of your word this morning as we focus on the truth of how much you love the world. So God, let us take in that truth, apply it, so that when we leave this place, we are ever more in love with you, so we can be ambassadors of love to a world that needs it, an ambassador of your love. So God, speak through me this morning. We pray these things in your mighty name, amen. Well, this week, um, I was reminded, uh, a pastor I follow on social media, uh, he's, he's based in New York, his name is Rich Velotis. he says that Advent is the reminder 
that God works in the darkness, that God is working in the darkness. Doesn't matter how dark the world seems, our lives might be, God is working and he's using every context to bring his light and his love to his creation. There's no doubt that we're living in a broken world, a world that has kind of that pole of good and bad and light and dark. And a lot of our movies, novels, and even watching the media, there's just like this like good and bad and this is right, this is wrong, all those stuff. But we are pulled by that because I think as humans, we feel this emotionally, that light and that dark. I think because biologically, we need light to survive, right? Without light, we would cease to exist as human beings, And so the darkness, when we feel that darkness, when we were like out in pitch black, it's like, whoa, this is weird, right? We kind of feel that. But I think just like with light, we need love, true agape love, unconditional love. Because without this, we simply die, not just physically, but spiritually. We are dead without love. We are dead because we are dead in our sins, in our sinful lifestyle. We've we've messed up. We've took a detour. We've kind of, as Burger King says it, we wanted it our way, and so we did it our way, and that wasn't a great way. It was far from the intention that God had set out for his creation. But in steps love, in steps God. He says, no, I, I have a way. I have a plan and I have a promise and I have a hope for all who believe in it. That is Jesus, his greatest love offering that cancels out all debt and all darkness from our world and from our lives. And like Elsa shared earlier, those two main verses, John 3.16 and 3.17, I want to share those as well this morning. And they're like, I think John 3.16, probably in our American culture, is the most, like, shared verse. You go to, like, football games or whatever, and you always see a guy like, yeah, but he's, like, just crazy, <laughs> like, holding the sign up and stuff, which is awesome. But this is what it says here, and I love that Elsa also included um, verse 17, so shout out, Elsa, for doing that, because I think it's just an important addition to this context. It says this, for this is how God loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that all-important addition, verse 17, because God sent his son in the world not to judge the world or to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's what we're talking about this week as we have lit the Bethlehem candle and we're talking about love is that we're, we're going to focus on this. We're going to focus on how God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Because what we see is, is in Bethlehem, on the night that Jesus was born, the embodiment of love was also born. True love was sent down from the heights of heaven to a lowly girl and her husband in a shelter on a night a crazy night of events in a stable and a manger. See, we light the Bethlehem candle to focus on the love of God, God's unfailing love that was born over 2,000 years ago.
So as we get into this conversation, I think, I think it's important to get a little bit of context as well as we prepare our hearts and thinking about Advent and this week about Bethlehem um, and just kind of resetting our, our heart and our mind on this truth because our culture, it's busy, right? We're starting to ramp up even more so into that like, all right, shopping's got to get done type thing. But it seems like now everything's just done online. Like you literally can't talk to a person when you go shopping. Like you just can't. It's like, am I allowed to say like hi to the checker or can I not, you know? But all that to say, um, it's just kind of this busy time. So it's so important to just recenter and refocus our energy towards the true meaning of Christmas and what is happening, and that is God's love is being born. And so the world at this time of uh, when Jesus was born, for 400 years there was silence from when the last prophet spoke. And that's a long time. That's longer than our nation has been around. It's a long time to not have really any direction or update from God. It's just kind of like, all right, he, he, ta- he said all these things, and it's just kind of like, what's happening? And it's called the intertestamental uh, period, where God is still doing some stuff, but it wasn't like a direct decree from one of his prophets. And even the nation of Israel had their ups and downs. They got conquered a couple of times. Their temple got destroyed, and they're kind of rebuilding. And they're probably like, man, this world is really dark. Like, we just don't know what's going on. They don't know about this promised Messiah, this this promise of hope, and they're just kind of like, it's been silent for so long. But yet the silence was broken, and not with a large gathering of the nation of Israel, like, all right, everybody, we got the State of the Union coming, it's been 400 years, like, get ready. No, it was broken in a very humble and personal way to Mary, to Joseph, and a few others. God was lovingly restoring his kingdom from the ground up through Jesus. And it started, like Elsa said, in this kind of unknown town of Bethlehem. Just kind of this, eh, wasn't a big deal. Because God came with humility, with his unfailing love and his unfailing faithfulness. And so like Kate was saying too, um, I think it's good to have some understanding of the context of the lineage of Jesus, but also the context of like literally the birth of Jesus, like where it happened as well. So first, the lineage, which is uh, found in Matthew chapter one, and there is a long list of names. And um, man, try to name all those names. I dare you. It's like Jehazahusahamahala. Like you're like, I don't know what like that name is. Just try it. It's kind of a fun challenge. Maybe uh, for you and your family at home, be like, hey, Try these names, <laughs> you know, and just watch your kids, like, try to pronounce them. It's great. Um, but, like, what, what, what Kate was saying is there is a lot of stories in those people's lives for the lineage of Jesus. It is not perfect by any means. There's a lot of triumph and glory, and God's purpose is in it. Man, there is prostitution. There is adultery. There is murder. There is betrayal. All these things are happening within the lineage of Jesus. And like Kate was saying, man, doesn't that just give you hope, though, that God will still use the mess? God will use the mess for his glory. And that's what I'm always reminded of, is that God will use broken people for his glory. 
because God so loved the world. He cares about us. He cares about his creation. And so he's going to reach out to his creation. And I truly believe that that God chose that his perfect son, Jesus, would be born out of imperfection, just to even show more of the character of God, that he is with us, he is for us, and that nothing will prevent him from stretching out to his creation with love. So the family history, it's, it's got its skeletons, but it's got its glory, it's got its triumphs, because God is a part of it. This is part of God's purpose and plan. The other reminder for this setting is the physical space of the manger that Jesus was born in. Um, Bethlehem, small town, um, outside of Jerusalem, kind of off the beaten path. I would say it's kind of like Cheney is to Spokane. Um, it's just like people don't really go there unless like you live there, <laughs> like you know, or else there's a football game going on, which there's no football going on right now or anything like that. So it's just kind of like, yeah, like Cheney's out there, right? I always laugh with, with friends of mine that live in Spokane because I feel like in Cheney, you constantly drive to Spokane. Like, it's just like, yeah, well, you're going to drive to Spokane, right? It's 25 minutes from, like, the last stoplight in Cheney about, maybe, like, 20 minutes to downtown Spokane. But when people come out to Cheney, they're like, man, like, you, like, live in Ritzville or something? It's like, no, we don't. It's not that far. It's the same exact distance from Cheney to Spokane as Spokane is to Cheney. Did you know that? It's called science and math and maps and all that stuff. And they're like, I don't believe you. Well, it's true. Yeah, but um, so, so Bethlehem, this kind of unknown little city, um, and that's where they have to go for the census because that is the historic town where, where David was born. And so they get there, and like a lot of us know that the Christmas story, there is no room in at the inn, right? And I think we have to assume Mary's full on in contractions right now. I mean, she's giving birth that night, and I think we have to assume like she's on that donkey like, this is happening. <laughs> like, we need to find a place because this is going to happen, like, right now. And I'm sure Joseph is like, man, in that Lamaze class I signed up for, there was no contingency plan for this. What do I do? Like, I'm on a donkey. There's no place to have this, this baby. Like, what is going on? And so they go into this manger, this stable. And probably in the first century in this time, it's more like a hole kind of cut out in the cave in the side of the hill just to have some shelter for some of the sheep and stuff to go to. It's not like a nice barn with heating and all this stuff like a lot of us have these days. It's like dank and dark and stinky. And there's poop everywhere. There's no air circulation. It is dark. It is probably wet and drippy. That's not a great environment to have a baby. But that's what the Lord chose. I think... From even that word picture right there, again, it just shows that God can and will love us even on our foulest of moments. If God has chosen this place to bore his perfect son, the embodiment of love, in this, let's say, poopville of a place, like how much more as well for us in our lives? Like God will love us. God does love us. Nothing can separate us from God's love. God's not concerned about the context. He's concerned about his heart and character of love and the opportunity for love to be poured out into all of humanity. So this week, as we focus 
on the Bethlehem candle, um, I have a few kind of takeaways for us. And the first one being this, that God's love shines bright in the darkness. God's love shines bright in the darkness. We can see this literally figuratively in the manger. God's love is bright in that dark place. But also in our own heart. For God's love extinguishes the darkness that has taken hold. Like we read at the beginning of John chapter 1. Jesus is the light and the light cannot overcome it. So John, who is the author, the Apostle John of that gospel, and a few other letters in the church, he uses this imagery of light and dark a lot in his writing. It's a kind of big theme for him. He's also a very frank writer. Like, he just says it as it is. He's black and white. He's light and dark. He's just like, boom, here's the truth. And what he says, not only in the gospel of John, but in his other letters, is you are either walking in the darkness without God, without hope, or you are walking in the light in relationship with God. Walking in the light can only happen when we say yes to Jesus. When we, when we profess that he is Savior God, that he died and rose again, and that he conquered death. It is only then that we are now walking in the light. We are walking back in community, in relationship with our heavenly Father. God's love shines bright in the darkness. But if we don't take hold of that love, we're still walking in the darkness. God is always 100% full on. His love is always there. His love is always piercing the darkness. But if we don't take that in, if we don't accept it, if we don't confess it, we are still walking in darkness. When we say yes to Jesus, that is the moment we go from darkness to light, from hopelessness to hope, from despair to peace, from anger to joy, because it is in that moment that we recognize God's love that he sent his son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting love or everlasting life because Jesus was sent not to condemn the world but to save the world. In Romans chapter five, starting in um, verse six, the apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome and he kind of gives the reason of love and explains a little bit more of this sacrifice of Jesus and how it really is true love. He says this in Romans 5, verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When we were in our foulest of moments, enemies of God, just against him in every way, God said, no, I'm still going to show my love and send my son down from heaven to earth to save this world. Verse 9. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. 
For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So our next point is simply this. God's love changes our world. We see that displayed in all of scripture from front to back. It is a love story of God restoring his kingdom back to him, his creation. We see that God's love changes our world, both the big world, like the global earth, the one that you see in class, the earth, the world, but also our world, our own personal life as well. See, this this moment that we're reflecting on, Jesus being born in Bethlehem changed the world forever. It was a moment unlike any other. It's the turning point for everything. It is like the the moment, boom, life is changed forever because now there is a way for us to be saved. There is now a way for us to come back into relationship with God and that is through Jesus. That is through the light of the world. I think that's a truth that we need to be reminded of every day and I love when Chad was sharing during the worship time out of Luke 2, like, don't be afraid. This is good news. This is great news. This is such good news that we have hope because of God's love. Like, man, like, that's good stuff right there. I think for a lot of us, this year of 2020 can be like in the words of the good old Grinch, an appalling dump heap of the most disgraceful assortment of rubbish imaginable. Yeah, yeah. I think the Grinch kind of got it right. <laughs> like, it's just been weird, man. It's been hard. But love changes that. And we get to be carriers of this change agent because we have been changed by love. Those who profess Jesus, who are walking in the light. And we need to be reminded of this truth. Love overcomes the darkness. The darkness that we may be feeling the darkness that just like, oh, like I've done too much. There's no way God would love me or could love me. I've done this. I've done that. I was walking with him for a while. I slipped up and there's no, no, like there's no way. God doesn't see it like that. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, his one and only son. It's a high price. He's extending his hand and his promise of love to everyone. Love overcomes the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. It is the light of Jesus. And we need to just believe in this promise that God has through his son, Jesus, and walk that faith out. And I think what's uh, beautiful about one of the accounts in John's gospel is um, there's a man who is blind. He is healed by Jesus. And it causes a big commotion. All the Pharisees and religious elites are like, wait, what's happening? This guy was healed and Jesus was a controversial figure. And they're trying to ask this man who was blind, who can now literally see. They're like, who is this Jesus guy? Like, well, like, what's going on here? And the guy just gets like frustrated. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, 
I don't know all these questions you're asking me, but here's what I do know. I once was blind, but now I can see. That's what I know. And the same thing for us is like, there's so much dynamics in our world, but man, when we realize that God loves us, that God sent his son, and we say yes to that, and we move from dark to light, we just say, hey, man, I was living in darkness, but now I'm living in the light. It's beautiful. I have hope. I have peace. I have joy. Just like in the words of the, of the song Amazing Grace, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see, right? I was in darkness, but now I'm in light. Love changes our world, the perfect love of God. And it all starts in Bethlehem when love was born, when Christ was born. Recently, I was reminded of um, the classic Christmas cartoon, Little Drummer Boy, um, released in 1968. It's like a stop-motion claymation um, digital, or not digital short. It wasn't digital back then. It's digital now. Uh, that's how I found it was on the internet. Um, and, but it's about this young boy named Aaron who is the little drummer boy, and he's really just mad at the world. Like, anything and everything that has gone bad, he's just kind of like, oh, it's happened to him. And he's just mad. Um, he's in an environment where he's just being tossed around. His really only possessions are this camel, a donkey, a sheep, and his drum. And he's like, this is my life. He gets caught up with these traveling musicians who are just a bunch of like scumbags. But they're, they're just not good people. And they like sell his stuff and they take his camel. They end up selling it to what we find out later are the three wise men to carry all these treasures to go see the birth of Jesus. But Aaron, this little drummer boy, he's just mad. He's just like, ah. He's just full of hate, full of darkness. And he's like, I'm getting my camel back, man. And so he's going and following these, these wise men and they end up in the town of Bethlehem. In the whole mix-up of things, his little sheep, Baba, gets ran over by a chariot. And he's like, what next? He's just mad. Like, it's just like salt in the wound. Well, I want to play the next about three or four minutes of that movie um, just to see what happens when a person encounters love. When a person sees love, and this all happens, boom, right there at the manger scene in Bethlehem. And how the darkness is erased and the hatred is gone and love fills a person. Oh, Baba, you mustn't die. You mustn't. Who can help me? Yes, the kings. The kings are wise. They will be able to save Baba. Please, I've got to get inside to see the kings. You must let me through! And when Aaron came to the entrance of the stable, he could hardly believe what he saw. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Oh, your majesty, you must... Oh, the player boy. My lamb has been injured. You must save him. He is near death. Oh, lad, there is nothing I can do. But, but you are a king. A mortal king only. But there is a king among kings who would save your little friend. The babe? But I do not understand. 
It is not necessary that you understand. Go to him. But uh, I... I have no gift to bring. Go. Look about the newborn king. And as Aaron looked at the babe, he thought it was the most beautiful sight he had ever seen. And yet, there is something more about him. So much more. Your gift, little drummer boy, given out of the simple desperation of a pure love, is the one favored above all. See? Aaron's heart was filled with joy and love. And he knew at last that the hate he had carried there was wrong, as all hatred will ever be wrong. For more powerful, more beautiful by far than all the eons of sadness and cruelty and desolation which had come before was that one tiny crystalline second of laughter. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to go back to a verse in John chapter 1, verse 14. And again, it says this. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only son. Christmas is about the unfailing love of God being brought to earth. And not for some, 
but for all, for everyone. No matter how dark of a life you think you have, God's love has come to redeem that and to overcome that darkness because God's love changes our world. And for some, we might be sitting here in our in-person gathering thinking like, no, I, I just have not felt that. Like, I've done this, I've done that. Or it's just been a hard year. I feel like God's just distant. There's been, you know, a nine-month time of God's silence. Not 400 years, but nine months, and that's not been fun. And I want to assure you that you may, you may feel that way, but it's not the truth. Like it says in Romans, nothing will separate us from the love of God. God still pursues. God is doing his part. We need to do our part. And to be open to his love. And be open to the light of the world, of, of the world, completely taking out the darkness in our life. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins... God is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, all wickedness, all darkness, if we simply confess. And so I, I think tonight, or today, <laughs> this morning, light threw me off a little bit. Darkness, light. Um, I think this morning, we just need to have a moment to check in with God's love, to check in with what God is, is doing and where we're at with that. For some of us, it might mean for the first time saying yes to him. For some of us, it might be reaffirming that love of God in our life. Or it might be like, how can I walk out love? Walk this pure love out, this gospel love to others. So I have kind of three questions that I want to just put up really quick on the slide. First one is, do you know the love of Jesus? Second one, are you walking out the love of Jesus? And then last, you need to reaffirm this love in your heart again. So I wanna, I wanna pray for just a little bit and just ask the Lord to just start to just move and the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts. I'm gonna ask um, Chad to, to come back up, and Isaac, you want to come up to you just to play a little bit, and and I think like the little drummer boy that we we saw, he he has this moment at the manger where he sees Jesus, he see he sees love, love being born, and there's something different about that, right? It's not just a baby being born; it's it's God, God incarnate. It is love being born, and he worships, he worships in that moment, and what he has is his little drum. He just pur up a bum bum on that drum, right? And he is giving of what he has to the Lord. And so I want to pray for a little bit. And then I want to just simply just do a quick response of worship. And that last song, Chad, you guys sang earlier, the holy, holy, holy. I think just singing that out um, is appropriate during this time. And so um, right now, let's just bow our heads. And, and at home, if you're watching the live stream, um, just again, create a space. Maybe if your kid's running around, just say, hey, we're going to just quiet for just a moment here um, as we just pray and maybe gather them around the TV um, to pray together and just to have a moment yourselves. And so just create a space right now just to hear from the Lord and to um, have action to this time as well. So, so Lord Jesus, 
we just take a moment, we take a moment to be with you, to allow your Holy Spirit to move, to allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us, to speak truth. And we might be in an environment right now where we feel dark, we feel foul, we, still, we feel stinky and like, why would God love me? Why would he even acknowledge me? We are reminded that even while we are sinners, when we were enemies of God, he sent his son because he loves us so that we would not perish but have everlasting life, that we would have a rejoicing, an overflowing of joy and hope because of the good news that is Jesus, the good news of love that was born in Bethlehem on Christmas night. And so if you're in a, in a, in a time right now where you're saying, I, I've, I've never fully dived into this and said yes to Jesus, saying yes to placing him as Lord of my life, I want to give us an opportunity right now. And just, just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I have failed. I have done things my own way. And it's led to failure. There is still void in my life. There is still darkness my life I don't have hope and so right now Lord I confess my sins to you I repent I turn from what I once was to what you have for me in relationship with you and I say yes to Jesus I confess that Jesus died for my sins, that his blood has washed me clean. I confess that he has risen again, that he lives. And I confess that Jesus is my Savior. And I give you thanks and praise. As we're still praying for, for those in this room or at home, if we just need that reaffirmation and just that recentering of placing us in God's love, I want to just pray over you right now. And I want you to just take this in and apply it to your life. And that's Lord G Lord, there are people right now and that are hurting, and you know every single story in this room and through YouTube and Facebook, you know every single thing that is happening. And Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you overwhelm those individuals with your compassion and with your love. That they can come and say, I, I confess that I've walked away. I confess that I have placed other things in front of you. Lord, 
forgive me. And Lord, I love you. Holy Spirit, work in this moment. And Lord, for us in this room or at home as well that are having a hard time walking out this love, it's hard to love our enemies coming out of a political season. We're still in a political season. Lord, you know what's going on. And we are called to love our neighbor. We're called to love our enemies. Lord, only through your Holy Spirit can we accomplish this. Remind us of that. So even today, Lord, we just acknowledge Holy Spirit, empower us to love well and to show your love outwardly this is truly good news. So God, we just profess that truth in your name.